You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Tethered Nation, the world's best saddle hunting equipment, we got a fun show for you all today, and on this episode, I was joined by a good friend of mine, Mike Lindahl from Domain Outdoor. Mike was on the podcast about two springs ago talking about how to improve your land and his company, Domain Outdoor. However, this episode, Mike and I really had a fun conversation where we were able to catch just catch up. Last time we saw each other was at the 2022 ATA show, and throughout the year, we always keep tabs on each other to see what we're up to but so we decided to catch up over a podcast for you all to enjoy and kicking this episode off mike lets us know what is happening with work and how much domain is growing one aspect that really caught my attention in this discussion is how individuals over the last really couple years have turned their land habitat management into a year-round process this is obviously great for mike and domain but i love to hear how much he and his crew are still able to help individuals out with creating the best property that they can from here, I know Mike is a big golfer, so we quickly share some golf stories and then discuss his best season to date. Mike killed his biggest whitetail this past season with some great friends and family in Kentucky and a great buck in Wisconsin with his family. Hearing the tradition he has with his friends and family in Wisconsin reminds me of what a lot of us hunters have here in PA. Mike also shares his excitement for the Alaska caribou hunt that is on the horizon for this upcoming season. Really enjoyed this episode and having the opportunity to catch up with Mike. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Enjoy this fun episode, everybody. Antler up. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tethered produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. 
Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. And uh, I'm joined on the other line by a good friend of mine, someone that I try to keep tabs on every so often with a text message here and there, Mike. Michael Lindahl from Domain. Welcome to the show, man. It's, it's been a very long time, like we we just said, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time this morning to, to chat with me. It's good to see you, man, as always. Like I said, we... We we pass we cross paths not nearly enough, but I enjoy it when we do. Uh, we were just talking. I got was it two years ago when I saw you last, yeah. or was it? Yeah, I, mean, I know we exchange texts and stay connected, which is awesome. And life is busy, so it's fun to carve out 30, 40 minutes and just catch up on hunting and life and what's new with Antler Up and all the things. I mean, like I said, it's it's a wild and crazy ride, so I enjoy. I enjoy the moments like these to just kind of sit back and reconnect. Absolutely. So. That's, that's what I, I like to do as well. And, you know, you were just saying too, right now, it's almost like you're already in mid season form and you know, what, what, what's going on with you and I will, we'll get into it a little bit. Cause I know you killed your biggest buck to date this past year. So I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do want to ask you a couple, uh, you know, I want you to just kind of talk um, about that. Cause I, I love hearing those stories, but you know, what's new right now for, for you personally and, and, uh, and as far as the food plot stuff going and what kind of golf trips you have coming up, that's, oh, yeah. what, that, that's what I want to know. So what's yeah, new, man? My life, my life revolves around, well, four things, really. My family, work, hunting, and golf. So that's kind of where I am where I am most of the time. I've got a three-nager on my hands right now, and that's why I was late today, so I apologize <laughs> for that. She, uh, she is going to rule the world someday, and I think she's trying to start right now. So... That's been a, that's been fun. She loves, she loves, it's crazy. My wife is not a hunter. Um, and when we raised a child, I, I was said like, I love to hunt, but I'm not gonna, like, I expect her to go shopping and do the things with you. And that I'm cool with that. And she has taken to shed hunting and deer and the rangers and the dogs. And so it's, it'll be super interesting as she grows up to see, I mean, obviously if she's interested in it, she'll have more opportunities than, anybody um, I'll make sure of that but it's I was one of those tire blocks like you don't want to force it because from what you hear you know the more you want them to do it, the less they want to do it yep but uh, she found her first shed this year uh, technically the dog did but we gave her credit for it um, <laughs> we were down on the property last weekend planting food plots and she was in the ranger and so it's it's that's been a lot of fun um, works work wise um, I mean it's hard to believe it was what, four or five years ago when we launched kind of domain and um, it seems like it was 25 years ago now and things are just rocking and rolling. Um, and we're, we're in the middle of it right now. We're kind of still in that spring planting season for the Northern half of the U S a lot of our mother loads still going on in the South and folks are planning for fall. I mean, it's um, it's definitely changed in my 11 years of doing this. There used to be specific buying or planting seasons and now it's just 12 months. Um, people are always thinking whitetails, and I love it. And um, I, we're lucky. We've got, I've got a, an incredible team of incredible humans who really make this work. Uh, that's that's the probably been the best part of the whole experience is finding people that are 
as passionate or more passionate about deer hunting than me and kind of forming a team and the way they kind of make this ship sail is pretty incredible on the back end. They don't get any credit, but they, they do all the work. So what's coming up for, for you on the golf docket. Yeah. So I, I was fortunate enough to play a little bit of golf down in Arizona over the winter. That's kind of my happy place in the winter. I love the mountains of Arizona. Um, this spring, I'll be playing, my wife and I'll be playing some golf this weekend for Memorial day. And then I'm going to sand Valley in two weeks, mm-hmm. sand Valley. For those of you who don't know, is just this hidden little gem in the center of Wisconsin. Look it up. Yep. It is. It's incredible. Um, their sister course is out in Bandon, Oregon, uh, which we're going to go play it in March or next year. You're uh, going to do Bandon dunes. Yeah. We played it last February and okay. just fell in love. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, you stand there and look out in the ocean and, wonder what you did deserve to be there. It's that incredible. So um, those are the kind of the, the two big ones. We always go to Sand Valley. It's only two hours from here. And I got some buddies that I meet down there and we play three days of golf and just have a great time. It's walking only and it's yeah. just a fantastic treasure. Um, there's no houses on it. I mean, it's cut through the pines of Wisconsin and it's incredible. And then Bandon will be in March and that place is it's it's funny um it's a golf destination right so you think of it in my head i think of it like a pebble beach well if you call pebble beach and try to play golf it costs two grand and you got to stay there and it used to be a ten thousand dollar trip like no way you go to bandit in february or march and you get half right half price rates and then your second round of the day is half of that so i mean like our second round of the day in bandit is under a hundred dollars for 18 holes at one of the best golf courses in the world yep it's incredible so uh, it's a it's a bear to get to, but when you look at the cost of golf, it's more expensive for me to go to the municipal golf course down the road and play 18 holes than play abandoned in February or March. That's crazy. So, I so not to uh, go down a, a golf rabbit hole, but when <laughs> yes, <sorry. laughs> no, this is great. So when I was doing my undergrad studies at Penn State University, uh, you know, originally I went to school to do what I'm actually doing right now, health and phys ed as a teacher, things didn't go that route actually right away. I didn't do too well. I wasn't really prepared for college. And I have my first test for, uh, what was it? Oh man, I'm drawing a blank, but it was for like, you know, just educational type normal class. And I didn't do well. The professor wasn't the greatest. And uh, I was like, okay, I guess I have to switch, switch majors. And my sister's like, "Uh, well, you know, you're, you're kind of like a bachelor type guy. You like sports and uh, the nightlife and a sense of like running things. And uh, why don't you do hotel restaurant management? And what I found out was not only does that have its own thing of casinos. I was like, Oh shoot, I could go out to Vegas, like make good money, yeah. do something like that. Well, then I found out that it also, it clumped into that as golf club management, like, like country yeah. club management. So that's what I really focused on. So when I was going into going into my senior year at the end of my junior year was when you take that big internship and I was down to Bandon Dunes and Oakmont Country Club. Win-win. Right. So I ended up, I called Bandon. I talked to this woman. Did you go to Oakmont? Yeah, I did go to Oakmont. So So I lived on, so this is, will probably blow your mind. So I did the tour uh, at Oakmont and like it was an interview basically at first with a HR individual uh, and then one of kind of like a supervisor that I would have, we walked around, I got a tour of the whole, whole club, met, met some members and I was coming down the steps. And at the time the 
club manager was Tom Wallace. And he's like, Jeremy, it was a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. Hopefully we'll see you around here. And I didn't even get back to my car and our, my phone rang from them already. And they offered me, uh, the, uh, the internship. And basically what I had to do, Mike was live there upstairs. I and, believe it. And then they, it was the year after the U S open. So they, oh, yeah, yeah. so they built a brand new, like outdoor pool facility for their members and a, with a restaurant in it. So that's what I was like in charge of. So sure. I took that, I called Bandon dunes before I kind of committed to Oakmont. I was just like, Hey, one last shot. Cause I really wanted to go out West. Like I oh, want, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and it, this was before they have, what, what are they up to now? Five courses, I think. I think six. Yeah. So this was before they only had the three. I bought, I bought posters that I had, uh, from certain holes on, on the, on the ocean course, like in our apartment when I was in college. So Bandon yeah. was always like you said, that destination yes. and, and the lady was like, well, you did get Oakmont. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll take Oakmont. Thank you for your time and, and the communication that, that you get, have given me. I hope I could make it out there one day. So it's still on a bucket list for me to yeah. do. It's a challenge. You got to fly into Portland, drive four hours, and there's nothing in Bandit other than a golf course. Yeah. <laughs> but it's special. That place is special. Yeah. So that would, that would, your, your path and mine are you're really similar. Yeah. And then after I did that internship, uh, going into my senior year, I t- I went down to the National uh, Club Managers Association, like big conference in, in New Orleans. And I went down there, had a really good, you know, talk to a bunch of clubs. Oakmont offered me a manager and training type position. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was young and dumb and I just kind of was like, I don't know. And <laughs> I ended up taking a position at Liberty National in oh, yeah. um in like, well, I guess it's Bayonne basically or Jersey city, but it's just right across from obviously the New York city. And so I took that, I worked in an event there, which was the FedEx cup. They had one of the events there for that year. And then I, you know, kind of moved back here and stay college area with, with my soon to be wife. And, uh, yeah, we, we, I went back to school full time to be a, a health and phys ed teacher. So everything leads you to where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and what's yeah. funny is before I went back to school, I, before I took the Liberty national job, I was in the final running for Marion golf course uh, position Ooh. there and I got, uh, they selected a different individual. So before I went back to school, I was managing one of the hotels here that hosted a lot of the away uh, Penn state football teams so okay. I was, I was managing doing that for about a year and Marion called me and they're like, Hey, why don't you come down for a visit? You could play around and we'll talk and all this stuff. I was like, okay, like, what's new? How are you? And so I go down, I visit, I play around and with the one individual and at the end of it, they're like, so uh, we would like to offer you that position back. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming the individual left or whatever. And I was like, yeah, well, let me talk, let me talk to, to my, you know, my girlfriend and all that stuff. Like we weren't even engaged yet at the time. And I told, I, I, we knew where, where we were heading though. And I said to her, I'm like, if I turn this down, like my career in the club industry is basically done. over done. Yeah. Like if I'm turning this down, then I'm going back to school. And that's what ended up happening. Yeah. I, I Mary and Oakmont. Who? Yeah. But again, I, I was in golf for a long time and, uh, it's, a I, I give those guys a lot of credit guys and gals. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an incredible, I mean, it is during season. 
80 hour weeks, no yep. weekends, no break. Um, I love golf more now that I don't, that I don't work in it. So, um, I get it. I get yep. it. So, so I'm surprised we're, you know, going from golf to domain, man. It, it's kind that's, of, it's, it, you know, it's in that same world of that's how we roll. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like I said, I fell into this industry 11 years ago and I mean, I've been a passionate hunter since I could walk. So, right. um, and then I surrounded myself with a bunch of really smart people and was willing to listen and learn instead of try to think I knew everything. And, um, and I still get to have those resources help me do things to this day. So I think that's one of the biggest things I could, not that people care, but if people ask me, like, how did you do it? It's like, I sat back and listened to people that were smarter than me. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, I had a vision and a plan and things that I wanted to do, but in order to get to where we are, I needed help to do it. Dude, so. I, one of my favorite things, and just because of knowing you on this, this, you know, personal level, when I'll go to a sportsman's warehouse or wherever, like up in, in Altoona up the road from me. And I mean, I, I don't know when I see your product there, it, it puts a big smile on my face just because, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, and I, and I'll buy something just because I'm like, I'm supporting, you know what I mean? Even though you've no idea, but it's Appreciate just like, you, you know, it's like one of those things where it, it's a close knit connection. And, uh, I love being able to see that and, and, you know, I'm able to get my recharge or bad habit, whatever it be. And I actually threw, well, I have a male dog, so he's always ruining our backyard grass and everything like that. Oh, but, but what's funny is I threw some comeback kid and hot chick in it just because my wife's like, that has clover in it. I'm like, yeah. She's like, let's throw it in the yard. It's taken <laughs> just in my oh, backyard. Yeah. So it's, yeah. that's all right. Well, I'll have a clover backyard. It, it's not that big anyway. So it works. Every year our yard gets smaller and our food plot gets bigger. I'm not much <laughs> for mowing the yard. So um, it works out better that way. I like it. So what do you got going on right now? Like you said, for as far as whitetail management goes, it, it is kind of that, that busy time. I know some friends that are gearing up for it and, and yep. uh, you know, I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, we had a long winter, a long winter, and our spring was short, and we just got it like a week, couple of weeks ago. Honestly, our soil temps have been below 50 for half of May, so we're, we literally are just getting in our actual spring plots. We did a bunch of frost seeding and stuff, and we're finally starting to kind of see that come to fruition, but we were down last weekend um, kind of rebuilding one of our main hunt-over plots. It's about an acre and a half, and we have beat the hell out of it as far as um, just not great pH and just pulling the nutrients from it. So we spent the weekend doing some dirty deeds and some overhaul to kind of build that up and kind of get ready for fall planting. Um, we're in the process of a 20 acre field renovation. That is probably a five-year project because we don't have enough time to really dedicate a ton of it to it. But, yeah. uh, but we're installing, you know, a lot more perennials is kind of our plan this year um, just to kind of build up that, that level of food that we always have available. You know, we're adding a bunch of switchgrass and some cedars and some, um, things with some pollinators and things of that nature, just to kind of create more of a habitat in that 20 acre egg field. Right. Um, and it's got poor soil, sand and rocks is kind of what we're blessed with around here. So, um, a lot of soil building in our, you know, it, the last couple of weeks and the next few, and then our mother load mix is kind of going in here the next couple of weeks as soil temps rise and right around the shop, things are crazy. Like I said, I got here this morning, we had two trucks ready to unload and we shipped nine trucks three days ago and things are rocking and rolling um, there used to be a busy season now it's just always which is <laughs> we're blessed that's that's a, an amazing thing so um but also people covid kind of changed the way people operate they buy it when they want not when they need 
um, and or they buy it so they have it. They don't want to not have not have it later in the year. Yeah. Um, so we sell big sexy in March now. We used to just sell it July, August, September. So um, it, it's it's great. I mean, I like I love that aspect of it that were things where I was rocking and rolling and and uh, a lot of mother load going in lately, which is fun. A lot of overhaul. Those are kind of the the buzz mixes this year, which is great. Um, come back in hot chicken been around a long time. So those are obviously popular, but the buzzwords this spring have been overhaul and mother load, which I love because yeah. those two mixes are kind of un, unsung heroes. Uh, overhaul builds your soil. So 10 years ago, nobody even thought about using it. And now it's a buzz and mother load. Again, it's a summer feed product. It's like feeding beer pellets, which 10 years ago, like, yeah, no big deal. I'm not gonna waste my money on it. And now, um, what can I do to improve my habitat is kind of the, the MO of a lot of folks. And I love it. Yeah. That is, that has been like from my point of view where I, I don't actually have quote unquote food plots, but like hearing my friends that do and everything like that, like just in that improvement, uh, of that. And, you know, I, well, I always just say, check out domain. So that's, that's what, you know, cause I, you know what I mean? I don't know anything else, but that's the other thing you, you guys do a phenomenal job with that. Um, what are, what are your current plans for this upcoming year? What, what's on the agenda for you as far as, you know, hunting, maybe different States or, you know, your, their, the properties that, that you're planning on piecing together just to see what you got going on. Yeah. I I'm embarrassed at how little I hunt Wisconsin. Um, I I've got, my home property, which is five acres, which is probably my best piece of ground. Um, but that's lately, it's kind of just been, I've been bringing friends and family over to shoot their first deer, their first buck, shoot some does, like fun hunts like that at mm. the house, which has been great. Um, the main laws have a, a 140 acres that we hunt a lot, but I didn't hunt it at all last year. So for gun season, with my dad, and then I've got a, a lease that I jumped down with a buddy and hunted that a few times. So I've, I've got a few options. Um, my lease is kind of early season. Uh, my house is kind of, just bonus hunting because I yeah. can you know, hop down there and hunt for an hour. And then the family property is kind of the, the family hunting stuff, which is great. Um, lucky enough to be going to Alaska on a caribou hunt this fall. Whoa, so nice. that'll be a fun adventure. Um, definitely an adventure. We, we are as green as it comes when it comes to chasing caribou. So my buddy Luke and I are going to head West in September and cut our teeth and uh, up in the Brooks range and see if we can get our ass beat by some caribou. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, we, we do our company trip down in Kentucky every fall, um, at Whitetail Crossing, which is a, just a special place. Brian's become a dear friend of mine. Um, I've, I've hunted quite a few outfitters, um, I, not compared to some people, but, um, and I haven't been to one that's better. And I always tell Brian, I say, Hey, like we're buddies. So it doesn't matter. But like the, the tough thing about being an outfitter is, if I kill a deer, I'm supposed to. So you get no credit. Right. If I don't kill a deer, I'm pissed because I paid and didn't kill a deer. So, so so the challenge for you and your goal needs to be like, how do you make the guy happy? Experience. That doesn't, that yeah. doesn't kill it. Exactly. And what he does, I mean, it's it's just a it's a family-owned biz. Um, he's got a bunch of ground to haunt. And that guy, the whole time we're there and everybody else is there, just grinds. All he does is grind. His, his goal in life is to get people on deer. Uh, make sure they have a good time. The food is incredible. The lodgings is fantastic. It's just a really fun place to just disconnect from work and just hang out with hunters and be in camp and kill some deer occasionally. Where's so, the, what's the name of this one you said? Whitetail Crossing is called. It's in yeah. Springfield, Kentucky, and he's also got a, a sister camp in Ohio, but we yeah, also on the Kentucky one. And, nice. Um, that guy, I mean, 
he's one heck of a deer hunter. Like he just, he has it. Yeah. Like I have friends that man, that kill, guy kills a deer every year. It's like, yeah, he, that guy gets it. Like yeah. he knows how to, how to kill deer really. And Brian, that's, he, he has it, but he also outworks everybody. So when you have put those two things together, I mean, they just wear them out. Yeah. So, and I've been lucky enough to, um, I take the guys down there for a week and, um, I, I always say, just put me in a new spot you're trying to test out. And like, I, I'm just down there to hang out and I've been lucky and went to for two the last two years. So I, <laughs> at some point the horseshoe is going to disappear, but, um, it's a special place. And Brian does a, just an incredible job. He plants a ton of domain too, which is fun. Um, he's just, try, he used to just feed exclusively. Um, and now he's probably planting 40, 50 acres of domain and strategic spots. And it's really actually helped cut down his feed bill um, because he was going through just corn. I mean, just, I mean, tons and tons of corn. And he's been able to really kind of cut down on his costs, which is pretty cool too. Yeah. When you think about it, improve yeah. habitat, improve hunting, cut down costs. That's a win. That is a win. Well, that's what I, I'm, my dad is going to be retiring in the next couple of years, maybe within two. He always says three. I feel like he's been saying three to last five years. You know what I mean? And um, retired. Yeah. Retire, retire, retire. Yep. So that's what uh and I know he's he's all he he wants to have that experience and he, I feel like he's afraid of of what you just said. Like if you go and you pay, you don't you know what I mean? And and I want to take him somewhere w- with exactly what you said is someone that's Regardless yeah. of what happens, he's going to have an experience that he will be so happy that he was there and it didn't feel like he was quote unquote at an outfitter, just a, yep. an awesome hunting camp. Just because, I mean, he's grow he's grew up his whole life hunting and doing all that type of stuff, but he's never, I don't know, like we could, if you're like, Hey Jeremy, let's go to Ohio or something like that. We could camp and have that. Like my dad doesn't want to do that. He wants to go somewhere have the food <laughs> you know what i mean and, and yeah, for it, sure you know the experience yeah, yeah so yeah and i i think the challenge with outfitter hunt sometimes is the pressure you put on yourself because mm-hmm. you paid money to go do it um and i for whatever reason maybe i'm just i don't know just an old dumb redneck for some reason i've i've kind of gotten beyond that where i'm not there to kill a deer mm-hmm. i'm there to unplug from work hang out with my buddies and enjoy just sitting in a tree and hunting um, and I've gotten way better at that in the last probably four or five years. I used to hunt to kill big deer. That's it. And I almost kind of got burned out from it. And now I've taken a different approach. Um, and just, I love to hunt. I'm going to enjoy it. No pressure. If I kill a deer, awesome. I'm gonna be super excited. If I don't, I'm happy that I can be out there hunting and I've killed more big deer in the last five years than I have in my entire life. Yeah. So I don't know if it's coincidence or, or what it is. Um, and I've been trying to kind of not coach, but help my guys who work here. Cause they, I mean, like I said, they're more passionate about hunting deer than I am. They just are They're They are just wired. They're obsessed. And I see a lot of my old self in them where they yeah. just get so caught up in it, where it's all about winning and losing. Right. If I kill one, I win. If I don't want to lose. And that's, I don't think that's how that's not healthy. Um, and it doesn't help you kill big deer. Right. So I've been trying to like, not just trying to instill kind of my way of thinking of how I go about it and how to just take the pressure off. Cause you know, what if that big deer does show up and you're all tight and coiled up because I mean, it's like the biggest time of moment of your life, you're probably going to screw up. So like find a way to like look past that and be thankful that you're in a tree hunting a big deer or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, win, lose or draw. So I don't know. I just think it's a, um, a better approach 
Um, you can still be passionate without being obsessed. Because <laughs> I just don't want those guys to get into the situation and not um, be burnt out even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So hunting is supposed to be fun. Um, and whether you shoot spikes or forks or just big deer, it can be fun no matter what. Yeah. Um, so, and that's, thankfully I've been able to hunt a lot and it's kind of changed my perspective a little bit and it's made hunting a heck of a lot more fun the last few years for me. I mean, I, I love sitting in that dang tree. Um, in November I, I hunt, that's what I hunt. I work all year and I hunt in November and I love it. That's just Take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of MMT arrows from Exodus Outdoor Gear. They have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. And use code AU12 to save 12% off your custom set over at exodusoutdoorgear.com. What's, what's, what's funny what you said is I remember couple years ago, like you said, just, and, and I, I don't think I had that, that mentality of, of win or loss, you know, cause I, I wasn't as quote unquote, like obsessed as I am now with it. Right. I, I yeah. hunted cause I loved it. And I, yeah. you know, but I remember being like how you said this so tight wired. And when that buck would come and it's just like, Oh my gosh, this has to happen. And just so tight. Yeah. Whereas now I'm enjoying it and you know, a, a buck or a doe. And I, and in all honesty, I know, um, like even just like calming myself to, to shoot a doe and, and putting on that, a good shot and, yep. um, all that type of stuff. i like this year, I didn't get a chance to, to kill a buck, but I had some really good encounters on some of the bigger, biggest deer that I've had opportunities on. And I play back those moments in my head and I keep saying to myself, man, the process and your, the way I've gone about it, I'd think I, I would hope in that situation it would have gone good because I wasn't as like co- tight coiled and yep. I, I felt, more yeah, it was a little bit more, some degree, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, on it, like, honestly, Mike, I was, and, um, what's funny, like I had a really cool encounter this past year with a piebald that I was planning on shooting. Um, I just, he didn't give me that opportunity. Like he was close enough. It just the shot window and he ended up, something spooked him and he bounded a while and he was just basically, you know, butt to my face and I tried to stop him. And when I stopped him at 35 yards, he took off and like, it took maybe 30 seconds after that, when he was gone, like I took a deep breath and I just remember being calm, cool and collected. And then all of a sudden I got the shakes. Yeah. (laughs) Like I videoed my, my foot and I messaged my dad and I was like, yeah, he came in. He got me real fired up now. But like, yeah. I remember in that moment, I was, I've had people on, and they were uh, like Greg Litzinger. He's he's from New Jersey, and he he's been going after killing bucks for a very long time. And I remember him saying, like he, there's like a, a saying in his head where he's like, "Time to kill." You know what I mean? Like he just, yeah. it's almost like a business mentality. And for us playing sports our whole lives, like there's that moment where I finally feel like I've connected those two. Where yeah. I, I mean, I th- I thrived on opportunities when as a as a baseball player when it was up to me either I'm going to hopefully extend this game, win this game, or lose this game. Yeah. And I I you know or or 
if it's a tight one to get that last out. I know good friends of mine that in their head, they're probably saying, don't hit it to me. Don't hit it to me. Don't hit yeah. it to me. And I'm like, come I on, I, I, I want the ball. Yeah. And, um, and I finally feel like this past year I was able to calm down and, and mesh that, that mentality and that physicality of it. So yeah. That's a I, neat connection. I like that. Yeah. I like that analogy. Yeah. Um, you know, bottom of the ninth, I want the ball or, you know, I want yep. to, I want that six foot putt to win it. Yep. Um, and when, I think once you can get that feeling that people might think the words are on, but like you, you go into that kill mode where you just, you're focused, you're mm-hmm. composed and maybe it's for five seconds, whatever it right. is. Trust me when it's, once the shots released, I need to sit down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm shaking so bad. And when, the, when that goes away, I'll quit. Um, but, but yeah, it's a, I don't know. Maybe it's maturity. I hate to think I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Perspective, maturity, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. So like you're saying, you, you have that horseshoe going this past year, you shot a really nice buck. Where, where, where was that? How was that? You know, what story could you uh, kind of share with us on about that hunt? So that was, at, that was at Whitetail Crossing down in Kentucky on our annual hunt. We go the last week of October, my favorite time to hunt because you got deer that, they're pre-rut, so you've got mature deer on their feet in daylight that are semi-predictable. Mm-hmm. When you're hunting the rut, I mean, anything can happen, which is awesome. Um, but when you go to an outfitter like this and you have five days and you got five guys and you want everybody to try to have an opportunity, it's the best time of the year to have an opportunity, in my opinion. So um, my brother-in-law, Tim, and I were hunting this farm that Brian has, and he had two really good shooters on it. I was hunting this big, wide 10-pointer. Um, kind of short time. And then my brother-in-law Tim was something this big 13 pointer, um, a little narrower with taller tines and whatever. And first day in, I, I saw nothing, no deer. Um, and whatever, who cares? It was beautiful out. Um, so it was like, wind's not good the next, that night we'll go somewhere else. I said the next, then the next day, so the wind's right. Like you're going to sit there all day. It's perfect. So I, day two, I go to this spot where I hadn't seen a deer. Um, I saw one fawn in the morning and uh, he's like, Mike, this deer is, he, he's on a pattern. He's there. Like just, I was like, man, I'll, I'll sit on the moon. If that's where you're telling me to sit, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going in there for this 10 pointer that's on a pattern. And Timmy's going to go in there for this big 13 pointer, whatever the heck it is. And, um, wind is perfect, right. For the spot. And I, I always laugh about perfect wind. Cause no matter where it's blowing, it's blowing somewhere. Right. Yep. Um, and sure enough here, like half hour before dark, um, there's two fawns and a doe come out right downwind right downwind from bedding. I was like, Oh God, this is terrible. Um, they come out and kind of start feeding the pl- out in front of me. And, uh, pretty soon here, I can hear some crunch. And I look and here comes a buck and it's a, like an eight pointer. And he comes and stands right downwind, right under my tree. I was like, well, this is about to get bad. Like yeah. this is going to blow up. Yeah. And you can hear him crunching acorns. And then pretty soon he goes out and kind of starts bumping those does. And then I can hear like a guttural burr, burr. And I kind of looked around the corner of the tree right downwind again here comes a deer that i just kind of look at it's like yep like that's all yeah that's all i saw it's just like yep he's good enough and uh did the same thing that little buck did and then he came up and i, I was at full draw for what felt like six weeks but it was probably 30 seconds um and he finally gave me a nice quartering away shot and i shot him and entered a little further back than i wanted but i had a really good strong quarter so it ended up getting liver long liver and one long and um we came back that night because it was going to rain. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, well, let's just get on the trail and see. And we went up finding him probably a couple hundred, eh, 150 yards, 200 yards away from where I shot him and um, in his first bed. 
and it was the deer Timmy was on. No way. It's a big 13 pointer. And everybody at camp was giving me shit. They're like, how do you shoot a deer? You don't know what it was. And I was like, cause once I knew that it was a deer I wanted to shoot, like my mind doesn't go to like how many points, how wide is it? My mind goes to kill mode. Yep. Like how do I get an arrow into this deer and you know, a good shot and do all the right things to make sure this is successful. And all the guys were razzing me. Um, and I was like, I don't know what deer it was. I don't care. All I know is it was big enough. Yeah. Um, and then sure enough, it was the big one, the Timmy, Timmy, it was the deer that Brian sent us four weeks for hunt. Like, here's the deer I want you guys to shoot. Um, and that never happens. Trust me. I mean, nor- yeah, I was shooting deer. It's like, I've never seen that deer before. Yeah. Um, but it was so funny. Um, I mean, it came downwind with a perfect wind. I mean, that's just hunting, right? I yep. mean, um, it was the deer Timmy was hunting the other side of the 600 acre farm. And it's just funny how it were. I mean, it's just funny. And, and also too, like it was the third time I sat in that stand and I'd seen one deer the fr- prior two sits, but Brian's like, trust me, like this is the spot. And he just knows, he just knows how it works. Um, and the worst thing to do to an outfitter is to not listen. Yeah. The, the second Sorry, guess. Like, yeah. Trust me. I am a, I'm not an expert, but I, I'm a very good hunter. I know what I'm doing. When I go there, like tell me where to go. And that's kind of why I like it too. Like I, I can just kind of take some of the, I don't know, stress out of it. And just like, tell me where to go. I'll go sit there. I'm going to love it. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, it was a hundred and almost 152 inch 13 point, which is my biggest deer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I shoot every 140 I see. So happy to shoot a 150. So when you, when you're talking about like for the downwind and, and you had the perfect wind, what kind of access were, were you had to take in consideration of, of getting to, to your stand location, basically? Yeah, I had good access. Um, it was a kind of a trail cut through the timber. It was, I mean, the access was good. I wasn't going to bump deer in that regard, but typically um, there's kind of two different bedding sites that access this food. And they were always coming from the one where the south wind was perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose during pre-rut, you know, those bucks can kind of bump deer and, and be in places where they aren't normally. Um, so they were coming from a, a whole different side of the farm, um, which happened to be from the south. And or, or sorry, from I had that south wind coming into it. And it's like, oh, boy. But, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, the thermal must it was warm enough where the thermal was still rising a little bit, you know, or who, who knows what. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I take, from a scent control standpoint, I'm, I'm more of a wind guy, right. Yeah. Than a, um, than a nuke all my stuff and scent crusher. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't disagree with it. And I don't disagree with all the other things that work. I just, I don't know. I just kind of old school in that regard. And those deer come right downwind and shoot. I shot him at 15 yards. So, I mean, maybe I just got lucky. I don't know. That's awesome. What's that, what, so that's my story, you know? Yeah, yeah. What? How else was your the rest of your hunting season? And when when you got back, or fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hunted three. I hunted three times in Wisconsin. I didn't bow hunt much. Um, took my dog out pheasant a lot, which I love to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did, did that a lot. He's ten now, so I'm trying to maximize the last twenty years of his life. Yeah. So, um, and uh, so I do a lot of pheasant hunting. And then I spend gun season with my family hunting the whole nine day. It's that's our gun season in Wisconsin is a national holiday. It's a, just an incredibly fun time where you just get together with your boys. You see once a year and spend seven days at camp. And, um, and I, the deer behind me right here, I actually shot on public ground, um, this gun season. So it's awesome. Um, yeah. It's a, it's not why I gun hunt. I gun hunt to hang out with my guys and, 
let the kids shoot the deer and um it was just my turn i guess yeah it's a tradition so, i mean it's, it's 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 very similar to pennsylvania you know what i mean yep. and that's like when i watch certain videos of either like when uh jake from the hunting public he'll post his his hunting experiences like with his family up in wisconsin yeah. and, and, and i watch that i'm you could very you could see the very the similar you know family traditions the heritage just all that is is very similar to pennsylvania I've been going to hunt camp since I could walk. Um, yep. I've been lucky. My dad had hunting camps in the Northwoods all growing up. And then now as he's gotten older, he, he kind of hunts with me opening weekend at our camp. And then I hunt with my buddies the whole week. And a lot of these guys have been hunting for 25 years and I only see them once a year. And it's like a brotherhood where, um, I mean, it's just so fun. And we hunt hard during bow season and we're trying to kill good mature deer. Mm-hmm. And during gun season, that kind of goes out the way. It kind of goes out the window, which is kind of fun actually. Um, it's all about, you know, getting the kids deer and helping others get deer. And we do, we do old fashioned deer drives and, um, it's, it is incredible. The teamwork, it reminds me of, I grew up playing sports. That's all. That's what I did. Um, highly competitive played sports. And and it reminds me of that, that team atmosphere playing sports and all the guys that I hunt with played sports too. And some of the older guys coach sport and we all have that same, that same feeling about it. it's just it's a team and it's so much fun and when a guy shoots a deer at the end of the drive there's 24 dudes that are just as happy as the guy that shot it and that for me that's a that's an experience unlike anything i've ever had in my life um and i mean we're hunting public ground um back in the back in the boonies i mean it feels like you're out west there's nothing around it's it is it's magical it's yeah. magical i have um, a, my buddy jim he when he does uh and another friend of mine uh, from New York, his name's Bill, Bill Harvey, he comes down with a big group of people to Pennsylvania, the northern sure. part of Potter County, which is the big woods here in Pennsylvania. Yep. And, I mean, he'll have a group of I, – I was supposed to go this past year, but I couldn't make it, and there was like 30 of them. And they have – I mean, they have it mapped out to the T and it is serious. It's not, you know, it's not like don't mess this up. And, and Jim actually shot one of his, if not the, no, it wasn't his biggest buck because he shot a real big one uh, a couple years ago. That's one forty something. But, um, but this buck, I mean, he was a, he was a doozy and, uh, it was cool to, to hear his stories and exactly what you're saying is he's like, Dins, you have to come. Like I'm telling you, like, come to this. And I mean, I, I was planning on it. I just, you know, plans change for me, but it is, it, it's a very cool experience and hearing them. I've listened to their recap on like when, on Bill's podcast, when he's talked about it and, he, and just yep. some of the cool stories they all share and, and the celebratory between them all when, like you said, when someone gets it and I think they were pretty successful this, this past year. And, and, uh, are, it's, it's, it's cool to see that. Yeah. We, uh, had six deer that went on the wall. Wow. That's on awesome. Public, on public ground. Um, I mean, I was putting on 10, 11 miles a day. Yeah. So it's not like, not like it was a chip that's, shot. <laughs> that's what I love though. I mean, that yeah. it takes me back to out hunting out West and, um, I, I definitely enjoy getting out there and getting after it. Yeah. So, well, kind of, cause I know, I know you, uh, time wise for, for Alaska, what's, uh, anything that you have to get ready for uh, as far as gear wise or, or you're like, Oh shit, I need to get this piece of, of, of thing that I forgot about. I don't want to say we bit off more than we can chew, but when we, when we quote unquote signed up to do the hunt, I don't know that we fully understood what we were doing. Yeah. Um, so we're hunting out of a U-Haul van. Yeah. 
that's base camp, um, which will be a first experience for both of us. Uh, we're hunting with bows. Uh, we've got all the gear from hunting out west a bunch mm-hmm. with elk. Um, an inflatable raft is one of the new pieces of gear that we've okay. um, added because where we're hunting, I mean, a lot of spot and stock, I mean, you can see for a hundred miles, mm-hmm. um, but there's rivers everywhere and they're not like just walk across rivers. So that'll be a new experience of like seeing the caribou, like, all right, let's go after that one and blow up our raft and float <laughs> across. Like that's a new one for me. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, I think we're I think we're dialed in for the most part. Um, fortunately, up in Alaska, they're used to a lot of the outdoor stuff. So, from a like meat perspective, like fish boxes um, are you just buy once you get up there. If you kill one, we'll buy some fish boxes and we'll get them back, get the meat back that way. So we, we're lucky in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it'll be an adventure. I mean, we're flying into Anchorage and then from Anchorage to Fairbanks and then driving, and it's a it's going to be wild. Um, zero, I have zero expectations. Um, I fully plan to come back with my tag unpunched. Um, and just an incredible experience of caribou and muskox and grizzly bears and wolves and all the things that we don't see here. And, and, I, and I may never see again in my lifetime. So, um, I'm, a, I'm along for the ride. My good buddy Luke's going to be uh, hunting with me. And he, uh, unselfishly enough, I was seems to, get out of the way when the bull elk's coming and I shoot it and it pisses me off. So this time he's going to kill the caribou. So um, if I have to throw my bow into the river, he's going to kill the dang caribou. So um, it'll be, a, it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to have a, it's going to be a blast you can't screw it up. So, um, but it's going to be something out, out of our comfort zone as far as hunting. Um, yeah. We've never hunted caribou. Um, we've never been to Alaska. It, it's going to be a fun adventure. That sounds like fun. Not a lot of people get a chance to say they hunted, you know, Alaska and, um, and, and anybody that has done it recently, all they talk about is how they can't wait to go back. That's exactly what I was told. Like, you're going to want to come back. It's like, well, I I believe it. Um, but I kind of want to see it. Yeah. (laughs) We see it to believe it. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. How about you before we, before we. Uh, what about you? What do you got cooking this fall? Uh, this fall, I, uh, obviously Pennsylvania, I plan on doing Ohio. I bought, okay. I went out and killed a Ohio Turkey during their first couple of days. And with the Perfect. license, all you have to do is buy the, the, uh, whitetail tag. So I have two weekends of October and, and kind of make it like go out Almost. Friday. Yep. Yeah. Just two weekends back to back regardless. And then, uh, I believe then early was it November, whatever that, that fourth or fifth is, I think it's a Friday or Saturday. Uh, I'm planning on going to Missouri and hunting with a couple buddies, uh, for a few days there. And then, and then that leads into that weekend of what is it like the 13th or whatever that is that leads into that Sunday where we could hunt here in Pennsylvania. That's one of the the Sundays we could hunt here. So I plan, I plan on, I sounds play, like a pretty good stretch of hunting there. Yeah, it does. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm excited because there's, I put a lot of, I put all my eggs in back at home in Northeastern Pennsylvania last year. And this year, uh, for me, Mike, for my spring, I, I did not coach for the first time in 10 years. So okay. I, I've been scouting a lot more where I currently live just to have yeah. options and opportunities. And, uh, I kind of told the, the missus that, Hey, on, on certain Saturdays, if Nora, my daughter wants to go out, like I'll take her if, um, if, if it's not great or the morning's not great, like I'll, maybe I'll go in the evening. I want to like how you were saying, I want to play it a little bit 
and I say this now in May, but I, and, and who knows when October rolls around, I'm going to be a psycho again. I'm just want to go hunt, but, <laughs> but right now I'm going to try to do my best where because of taking those trips, I want to be cautious of my family and, and let them That's, know like, Hey, like I'll, I'll, I'm here. And, but when those opportunities come about that, I plan on going here with my friends. I, you know, I, I'll, I'm here. So, and they're not too far. You know. That's kind of my life in the fall. I've got my trips and, and that, that's when I seriously focus on hunting, um, good, bad, or otherwise around yeah. home. I, I use my cameras to kind of, and I, like I said, I hate to do it, but I try to spend as much time with my family as I can, because there's a lot of time I'm gone in November. My wife's on her own. And, yeah. um, however, if I get a shooter popping at the house, I'm going to go hunt one night. Like that's yeah. just kind of how I roll. Right. So, yeah. um, so that's, you gotta have, you have to have that balance. Yep. Um, and I feel, and I finally feel like because of not coaching, you know, I would be gone all spring, right. You know, from January basically and until now, you know, June, and then, you know, you have the summer months, we do things and then it's all of a sudden it's ramped back up again for hunting. But now that that's <laughs> eliminated, now it's just hunting. So that's yeah. nice. It, you know, so I, I have we'll that. Give you that balance, that peace of mind. That'll be good for yep. you. And, and like I said, you know, this past year, because of the deer that I had on camera and, and opportunities, I, I mean, it was every weekend I, I went home, I went to Northeast PA or if uh, a buck showed up on a weird Monday, you know, I randomly, I got that stomach bug the next day. From, yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I, I, I plan on not doing that this year. I plan on saving those days for when it actually matters for those trips and, and, Perfect, yeah. and, uh, you know, like you said, having that, that balance and continue to work on and improving in the best way that I can. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, excited, man. This will be a fun stretch for you. Yeah. You never have too many tags or too many places to hunt. So, yep. Yep. um, I'll be, I'll be paying close attention come fall to see how many, how many deer you knock down. Yeah. If you don't knock down many, I'm sure you'll have a good time anyways. Yeah, absolutely, so, man. It's well, just well, nice to get out and explore and hunt new places. And yeah, um, that's fun. I'm excited for you. I appreciate it, man. Mike, dude, this was a, a fun catch up episode. I appreciate your time and I know you're busy, man. And I do. Thanks I, for being flexible and sticking oh, with me. <laughs> hey, thanks for being, dude. I appreciate you and being flexible with me as well with, with it. So I, I appreciate it. Well, Mike, where could people follow along, check you out this, this upcoming fall, this summer. And I mean, obviously please, if you're already not doing so people follow domain, but Mike, go ahead and take it away with, you know, where could people follow you guys? Yeah, I mean, you can visit our website, www.domainoutdoor.com. We've got thousands of retailers throughout the country. Please shop them and support your local retailers. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok even. Imagine that. Um, good, bad, otherwise. And then we've got our Beers and Bucks podcast, which is live yep. really once a month yep, on Facebook. Happening. Love the shirt. Saw that. <laughs> we're actually having one tonight. Um, that'll be live. It'll live on our feed, and it'll be on wherever podcasts are found. So, um, I appreciate you, Jeremy. This has been a blast. It's been great getting to know you over the years. Um, I enjoy friendships where you can not see one another for six months or whatever it is. And you just pick up right back off. And, um, and I'm happy to see your success and look forward to seeing more of it. So thank you, Mike. Same goes for you, man. I, I appreciate it. So, all right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Antler up. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of the Antler Up Podcast. Wanted to say thank you so much for everybody tuning in. If you like what you heard, go give it a five-star review over on Spotify and iTunes and also write one in that iTunes there for that review. We got a good one for you next week. We have Ike Eastman on from Eastman's Hunting Journal. Tag 
Hub 2.0 is about to be released or is released already at this time. So be on the lookout for that one next Wednesday. Thanks again for all the support, everybody. Antler up.